0: You know, golf is a lot more difficult than it looks. I um, found out after I was ordained a priest that most guys my age already know how to play golf and that I had missed the train. I didn't learn that when I was a kid. And so I tried to, uh, you know, increase my resume by trying to learn a little bit of golf so that maybe I could then connect with more people and uh, also have a new hobby. Why not? And um, so many of you know that my previous parish was in Broussard with Father Mike, and um, he learned golf when he was 10. Apparently that was common. So um, so I asked him to maybe show me a little bit of the basics so that, you know, I could get started, and maybe I could just practice on my days off and get a little bit better. And so I remember the first day that uh, that he and I went out to the driving range and he wanted to just kind of just show me the basics, just get started, you know, no pressure, but we're just going to break the ice here. And so we, we show up and um, I'm, I'm a little intimidated because it's hard to not be good at something. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's scary to, to not be good at something, especially when other people are around and watching. So you, we show up to the driving range and, of course, there's other people there practicing their, uh, their hits and um, so we just go in there, we're minding our own business, and, and he's just kind of giving me the basics. And so first we start with the club, and he shows me how I have to, you know, put my hands a particular way around the, the club, and it's very important. The hands are everything. You, you have to have the right grip, or else you could really you mess up your swing. And then we have to get our stance together. And um, you see, Father Mike, I love him. He, he's, he's such an amazing priest. Um, he's not very detailed, though. And so as he's trying to explain the details of all that goes into it, he's just kind of like fumbling through it and trying to figure out, okay, he knows how it goes. It's just like, it's like brushing his teeth for him. I mean, he could just get up and hit. But to actually articulate all the details of where, where, where each finger needs to go, where the feet need to go, how the back should be, the elbows need to be straight, and how to swing back and what your knees need to be doing, all of that he kind of underestimated. So he's trying his best to fumble through it Meanwhile, the guys around us are just, it's so satisfying to watch, you know, because they just get up there, and they swing, and like the ball goes far, and it's just like that perfect little sound, and I'm thinking, man, that's what I want, that's what I want to do, and so I'm getting ready, and he's explaining it, and he's, you know, he says, okay, so why don't you try without the club first, like just try your swing, so I'm trying my swing, and I feel extremely ridiculous, because I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) And I'm doing like a, I'm, I'm playing baseball. That's all I know. I just, I'm playing baseball and it's not working. So we're trying it out. And so he says, okay, you're ready. Just give it a try. You know, uh, it's okay if it, if it goes nowhere, but let's just try it. But he said, but before you do, let me, let me just show you, you can watch me hit it. And then from there, you can maybe get it, get it a, a try. So it's his turn. He's at bat. He's at bat now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what the real lingo is. Um, so he's there now and he's getting ready and he's you know getting getting all set and perfect and and he swings back just like a little practice and then he swings back and he makes a full swing and he hit the ground. He completely missed the ball. And the guy next to us turns to us who hadn't said a word to us yet and he says, "Ooh, it's bad when your teacher can't even hit the ball." <laughs> so I was a little embarrassed and, uh, and realized right then and there That this is going to be a little bit more difficult than it looks um, And, and it, it's so humiliating To face the reality that Oh man, other people have a skill that I don't have And they make it look so easy And, and here I am struggling And in a very real way, I feel Like they have a freedom that I can't yet experience. They are free to just walk up to a ball and hit it, and it goes so far. And just that, that sound of the club hitting the ball, crisp and perfect, they are free to enter into that experience. And I feel bound. I'm not free yet to do that. I want to do it, but I feel trapped. I, I haven't yet figured out how to make that happen. it's amazing how very often We desire to do something but we're not able to because we're not yet free, because we haven't yet figured out the skills to do so. Freedom can be looked at in two different ways. A lot of times we talk about freedom as freedom from rules and expectations, the freedom from all of those... Oppressive teachings and and, um, and and rules that keep us back from who we need to be. Don't put me in a box. Don't label me. Don't don't tell me what I have to do. It's a free country. I can do what I want. And that's one way to look at freedom. But another way to look at freedom is the ability to do something good. That takes skill. That takes responsibility. That comes with certain expectations and boundaries. Those golfers at the driving range that already knew how to do it, they had learned the boundaries and expectations and, if you want to call them, rules of the basics of golf. They knew, without even having to think about it, how to stand and how to put their arms and how to to swing and how to do everything perfectly well because they had learned those building blocks. They're not saying, oh, I don't want to be bound by the rules of golf. I don't want to be bound by the rule that I need to keep my elbows straight. I don't want to be bound by the rule that I need to keep my feet exactly this much apart. That's too much for me. I'm just going to walk up to the golf golf ball and hit it. They're not saying that. They learned the basics. And now they are free to play golf. In a way that I'm not able to. It's the same for the moral life. A lot of times we look at the teachings of the church as oppressive, as something that keeps us bound, as something that keeps us from being who we really want to be. Some people say we're outdated, that we need to get with the times. There's a lot of conversation, especially outside of the church in the public sphere about what the teachings of the church should be. And it's scandalous to see even some church leaders argue on some of those points. The teachings, the moral teachings of the church, all come from Scripture. And they all come from Jesus Christ. We're not interested in trying to trap people and keep them in slavery from oppressive rules that mean nothing. We are interested in teaching and equipping people with the right basic skills on how to love, on how to love God, on how to love each other, and how to be a disciple. But that comes with skills to learn That comes with some responsibility and some expectations, some fundamental basics that if we get to a point in our life, it's easy to just not even think about it. It's just automatic. In the same way that it would be a red flag for a husband to be frustrated that he can't go on dates with other women. In the same way that a mom, it would be a red flag if she would be aggravated that she has to kiss her baby good night we don't think about that stuff because it's automatically an expectation that the husband would be faithful to the wife that the mom would be affectionate to her child that comes with the relationship of love and it's the same way with the moral teachings of the church a relationship with jesus comes with some expectations not to keep us bound but to set us free so that we can love better so that we're not bound by our own selfishness that is self-destructive but instead that we are entering into a life well-lived a life for others and for god today's gospel we've been reflecting on john 15 the past couple weeks and the same thing keeps coming up remain in me jesus says remain in me two weeks ago we talked about prayer being primary in remaining in Jesus. If we're not spending time with Jesus, it's hard to actually remain with Him throughout the day. Last week, we we spoke about sacraments, that God gives us this, the the sacrament of baptism, the Eucharist and, and confession and all the other sacraments that help us remain with Jesus by God's grace. But today, Jesus says a third thing that keeps us remaining with Him. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will remain with me. If you keep my commandments, you will remain with me. You will remain in my love, he says. Which is beautiful because what Jesus does here is he brings up the rules. Sometimes we don't like that, but guess what? Jesus doesn't shy away from it. But he brings up the rules in the context of a relationship. A relationship of love, he says, you will remain in my love. And this relationship is one to be desired, he says, so that my joy can be in you and your joy may be complete. This is a relationship that brings us joy, one that we want and desire. So these rules are less about arbitrary standards to follow and achieve, and more about a pathway to love and to be free to love so that we can remain in him and so that our joy may be complete. Most of the teachings of the church that people struggle with have to do with morality. Most particularly, things that have to do with life From conception to natural death, with marriage, between a man and a woman, open to procreation, and with family, the responsibility to educate and raise your children according to what's best for your family. The world gets very threatened by us whenever we stand true to life, marriage, and family. They say that we are hateful. They say that we are bigots. They say that we are unreasonable. They say that we are outdated. They say that we're trying to attack those that disagree with us, and we say, no, we're not. But we are holding true to what we know to be best, to love God. We're holding true to what we know to have received from Jesus Christ himself, We are happy to tell you and to show you that pathway, but you know what? You are, in fact, free to choose. You don't have to agree with us, but we're not going to shy away from proclaiming what we know to be true because we have received the basic fundamental skills from Jesus Christ rooted in Scripture, starting with the Ten Commandments. But Jesus talks about morality all throughout the Gospels. But we have a perspective that says that we are not bound by these rules, but we are set free by them. Free to love and free to serve. So my question for y'all to think about this today is, is there a particular moral teaching of the church that you struggle with? Maybe you Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you personally wrestle with it. Maybe you understand it to be true, but it's hard for you to actually live it out. Or maybe someone in your family or someone in your close friend group struggles with it, and you're just not sure how to support them through that. You're not sure what to say on how to defend this teaching. Is there one of these teachings that is hard for you or for someone that you love? And if so, my invitation is to really be honest with the Lord today, to really bring that to the altar and ask him to enlighten your mind with a new perspective about his teachings. A perspective that doesn't keep you bound and desiring freedom from rules, but instead gets you excited and desirous of a freedom to love. That's our intention today, that as we continue with this Mass, that we would have a whole new perspective on the moral teachings of the church, that we would be a parish who courageously defends these teachings, not in anger, not in a way that says we're better than others, but in a way that is merciful, in a way that's patient, in a way that's loving, but a way that never sacrifices the truth that we ever see from Jesus. Amen.